think Unless if she they keeps... fought on an air, aircraft carrier <laughs> in the middle of the ocean. No. There are no rules there. There is no COVID in the ocean. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Great Indoors. Uh, today... Today's a tough day in quarantine. Tensions are running high, and that happens sometimes. And luckily, we have our friend Briar Colbert. You can go back and listen to her episode where she helps us deal with emotions, moving our bodies around, doing different things that we can take care of anger and sadness and frustration in constructive and not destructive ways. So uh, that is good practice to have. And we thank Briar for her time. So go back and check out those episodes. We actually noticed that a lot of people like to listen to episode one of Briar, but not a lot of people have gone on to episode two. So maybe people just don't have time to listen to two whole episodes. Maybe we should have made it one episode. But part two is really good. I think part two might be better than part one. So if you've listened to part one, go listen to part two. Do it. Here with Tina, we're in the spare bedroom in between the beds. And we are going to be connecting with Angela soon. Angela lives in British Columbia. She's my cousin's wife, which makes her something like my cousin. But I don't know if she's actually my cousin or not. And she's a a teacher, a school teacher. She teaches math. She is also on Instagram all the time posting insane workouts. I don't think she does anything but workout right now. And she is uh, preparing to do something that I will never do. And that is fight a woman. That's right. She is a boxer and she is training to fight a woman in June. Now it's up in the air whether that's going to happen or not. Maybe she'll fill us in today, but, um, uh, I don't know what it's like to punch a lady in the face. Angela can tell us. So we're going to talk to her about school. We're going to talk to her about teaching online. We're going to talk to her about staying fit during COVID and uh, preparing for something that you had on the calendar before the pandemic, but now might not be there. So we're going to call her up. She's all the way on the uh, Vancouver Island in Souk, B.C. Hello? Hello, is Angela there, please? This is Angela. Hi, Angela. We're just calling you about a piece of mail that was supposed to come to your home. Oh, what kind of mail? It looks like a broomstick with a boxing glove on the end. (laughs) I have a hockey stick with a boxing glove on the end. (laughs) For what? Um... It started off with just for training purposes, and then it became my social distancing stick as I started to um, take it on my hikes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Did you use it on people, real people? Um, <laughs> no, I, I mean, I use it on my husband, <laughs> and he uses it, he uses it on me. <laughs> Yes, for punching in the face training. Yes, I actually ask him to aim for my head, yes. So my first question for you tonight, we have a lot of things to cover. You're in the things you want to know about our life in British Columbia and uh, life as an online teacher. But I really want to know, what is it like to punch a woman as hard as you can right in the face? 
Oh, well, it's pretty satisfying. (laughs) (laughs) Go on. Um, (laughs) I've only done one fight, and this is, I would like to do another one, so that's why I'm training. Um, The one fight, from what I can remember, because it's a lot of adrenaline going through your body, Mm -hmm. and you don't feel any of the hits coming back at you until you go home that night. (laughs) All right. So... Um, it's, it's satisfying. I, I enjoy it. It's more, (laughs) not that it's an aggressive sport or anything, but I enjoy the adrenaline it gives me. So that's why I like doing it. How did you get into boxing? (laughs) Oh, so that's a a lot of different things there. Um, I've been a runner for my entire life. So when I was very young, I was eight years old. My grandpa got me into long distance running and I began running a Vancouver Island race series. So we live in Souk, BC, which is on an island out here in BC on Vancouver Island. And I run a race series through the month of January till April. And every two weeks, there's a race somewhere on the island. And it's going from five kilometers to possibly 21 kilometers in distances. So my grandpa got me into this race series when I was eight. So I've always been kind of a runner. And One of my things I always wondered about when I began running alone, because I train alone most of the time when I'm running, is what would I do if something were to happen to me? If someone were to come out of the bush and attack me, um, what would I do? Would I have enough energy to run away? So I looked into a little bit of self-defense and I found this women's kickboxing gym in my area, in my community. And I was like, you know what? I'd love to try this out to give it a try and to try a different form of a workout to even help with my running. So I went and I did this trial in the kickboxing gym. I'll have to give them a plug because they're also my sponsor, my sponsorship for my fight. Um, they're called 30 minute hit. Um, and it's an all women's kickboxing gym and they do focus on self-defense and also the cardio aspect. So it's a workout plus you're learning some self-defense. So I started as a kickboxer, And three years into that, I really wanted to do a fight. So I was feeling pretty badass myself. And I thought, you know what? Yeah, I can do this. I could do a fight. So my husband, Kelby, um, knew someone who had participated in a charity boxing event. And his company sponsored one of their employees to go and do this charity fight. And he said, you should do this. So I was like, okay. So I got sponsorship from the company from Kelby's company and I did this charity boxing fight. So I trained for eight weeks and then I was able to punch a girl in the face. Wow. (laughs) Well, I've been watching your Instagram. Can I, can I say your Instagram handle on here? Yep. Yeah, that's fine. Lil, Lil Canon fitness. Lil Cannon. Cannon Yeah. So Cannon comes from my last name is Pushka and in Russian it means Cannon. Whoa, you're a Russian boxer? (laughs) So that was my fight name. That was my fight name. There's I've got Polish in my background and Russian, so this is all you know, fight name came from Cannon and then I Lil Cannon because I'm five foot nothing. Wow. Yeah, you um (laughs) but I've I've been checking out your Instagram and you're I don't know what you do other than train for things right now. Um, yeah. I see you like in strange methods of posting on Instagram, like security cameras on your house, <laughs> watching you in the yard 
uh, hop around, and then you've got one that you do push-ups on your porch, and then one where yeah. you're on a rock, and there's Kelby trying to hit you in the face with a, a glove <laughs> on a hockey stick. Yeah. It's absurd. <laughs> and I would not want to be punched in the face by you. This is good. This is why I've done this. Yeah, like you're intimidating. I don't know if you... Yeah. I don't know who, who you look up to as boxers. I don't know if you're a fan of Mike Tyson, but, you know, maybe that's something there for yeah. you to... I've watched a lot of his um, YouTubes to see how he trains. I've watched a lot of Lomachenko as well, and he's more of a... He's a self-paw fighter, but it's interesting to see his kind of techniques as well. So I've watched those two main people are probably my two main boxing guys that I like to watch. Do you feel nervous? Like, so what's, what's going on with your fight right now? Because we're in COVID. So what are yeah, the, what's so the deal? There's a lot of things like my life has changed a lot from pre COVID-19. The I lived time. quite a fast, fast, fast lifestyle. I would say training every day. There's some aspect of lifting weights in the gym, um, doing the circuit at 30 minute hit and going to boxing classes as well. And then getting my runs as, as, in as well. Right. So I pre COVID-19, I was doing a lot of training, going to work. Um, I worked two other jobs as well as my big girl job. I like to say my career is a high school math and physics teacher. And then I have some side hustles where I work at two gyms as well, teaching a spin class and then also teaching the circuit at 30 minute hit as a trainer. Um, so before COVID-19, I think I spent more time in my vehicle commuting everywhere than actually in my own house. Wow. So this has changed a lot for me from a fast lifestyle to I'm actually at home trying to adapt everything here. So it's been a lot of trying to find things around the house, around my neighborhood, um, just things to help me with training to stay active because I want to fight again. I just don't know when that's going to happen. But your, your current fight is scheduled for June is that right the end of June and well I don't think that will happen at the end of June right um I heard today Saskatchewan is gonna open Saskatchewan will open we'll just all fly out there and do the fight yeah just go fight her in Saskatchewan (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah I get scary on the prairie because I'm nervous because I I want to win and that's my big thing is I one of my coaches always said, um, train hard, easy fight. And that's always been in my mind. If I just keep training hard, it's going to be not an easy, easy fight, but it will be easier than what I go into. Yeah. I don't know what my opponent's coming at me with. She could be a lot taller than me. She could be faster than me. There's so many different things. She could have more fights under her belt. So many different things that could be coming at me that I don't know. So I just figure if I just keep training, maybe... My opponent's not training right now because of COVID-19, but I'm going to keep doing this because I'll have one leg up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your most extreme sort of training method? Hmm. I don't know. Okay. Like the, the most intense, you would think? Like, yeah, sure. <sighs> what, what, what workout do you hate to do? Because it seems like you live for this. But come on, there's got to be something you don't like. I don't like lunges sometimes. (laughs) But I always learn to eventually love something. Uh I was doing sprints this morning, and I went and did hill sprints instead. I don't know why, but I thought doing flat sprints was going to be harder. So I thought if I did hill sprints, it would be more entertaining. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> so t- sometimes sprints are hard. Um, it's almost like your lungs are exploding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, sparring was hard for me when I first started training again. So sparring is your, um, you know, fake fighting essentially, right? You're training yeah, you're yourself toe to toe with, with someone with pads and everything. Yeah, yeah, and you're you're throwing jabs and everything like that with um, another teammate. Um, it was hard because it's a huge mental aspect as well. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things going on when you're in the ring. You're trying to think about where their punches are coming from. You're thinking about the opening spots of where you can punch. You're trying to read your opponent, figure out what they're doing. And that's what I try to think about doing because I think, you know, I should be able to outsmart my opponent. (laughs) You know, I have a math degree. I should be able to outsmart them. There's some sort of pattern happening with their punches that I should be able to figure out and then throw them off their game. Um, But it's a huge mental game for me. So sparring was hard and I, when we first started in February, I've had experience sparring before, not a whole lot. It it was a mental game for me, and I think that was the hardest part for me, is you're getting hit, and then you're just not reacting fast enough. Mm-hmm. But I knew in my mind, after you know a couple tears here and there, I knew that I was going to get better. It's just like anything else. You just keep practicing and practicing and you'll get better at it. Yeah. And I tell my students that every day, you got to practice math over and over again to get better at it. Yep. Math is like boxing. <laughs> so have you been teaching I, online? I have been. Yeah. So I, I already kind of had a leg up there too, because two years ago I began, we have Google classroom is one of our platforms in my district. So I've got my classes on Google Classroom already, and two years ago I began recording my lessons. So my students were already trained in using the Classroom online platform, going back and watching my lessons as if they were sitting in class. I have a school that's got a lot of academies, so those academies involve lacrosse academies, soccer academies, so a lot of the time students are traveling up and down the island for games, so they miss a chunk of schooling. So I created this video lessons so that they could go back and rewatch them when they miss a class because of sport activities and if students wanted to rewatch the lesson because they didn't understand something. So I already have video lessons going. So my students are already watching them and then every day I have virtual meetings with my students. Mm-hmm. So they jump onto the Google Meets and we hang out virtually. I answer questions on there and there's still some sort of a relationship with those students that's happening and the connection, but it is, it's tough because I love my job and I love seeing them and it's tough just to be at home and not in the classroom. So it's very different. I I think we're on maybe week six of quarantine. Mm -hmm. So being at home works closed and all that, we're still working, but, um, what, where's BC at? Where's British Columbia at? We, um, we went on spring break. So I had spring break on right. March 13th. Yep. So I had two weeks of spring break, not in the classroom. And then at the end of March is when we went back to the classroom. So it's April 22nd. So it's two and a half weeks into teaching online. Mm-hmm. But we became... I guess you would say isolated at that time that spring break hit for me. Right. Yeah. Okay. Here too. Same, so it's about same a thing. month. Yeah. Five, five weeks or so. Yeah. And what's the situation on Vancouver Island regarding COVID? Is it 
Are there cases? Is it a lot? Are there deaths? There's cases. There's not that many um, as the rest of BC has. We when when we became isolated and self distancing, I was watching a lot of Justin Trudeau's announcements. But then I got sick of waiting for him to come on screen because it would take half an hour for him to I come know. on screen. Three o'clock <laughs> announcement, and he's just in the house. Right? Like what? Four o'clock now. Where is he? What do you think he was so, doing? Just psyching himself out? <laughs> Come on, Justin. You can do this. Hilarious. You can do this, Jay man. Why does the news um, stop everything and then there's such a delay? Anyway. Yeah. So I stopped watching everything because it was a lot of not negative stuff, but just stuff that was scary. Hmm. And realizing, oh, things are really going to be shutting down. Things are going to be stopping for me. So I stopped watching. I stopped looking at numbers, even though I love to look at the numbers and the graphs of things. And I started focusing more on how can I adapt my life around my house and around what I have here. So I think there's 90 cases. I might not be 100% correct, active on Vancouver Island. Okay. Um, Are there any deaths on Vancouver Island? I don't think so. It's interesting this far into the quarantine self-isolation stuff. Uh, some of the things I'm starting to see in the news or, you know, opinion pieces are about people sort of being disgruntled about the economic cost of all this and saying that we need to we need to reopen things sooner than later. Yeah. And I mean, I don't I haven't read too lo- too much about the Saskatchewan piece, but right. yeah, as of as of today, they said they're going to reopen the province in five phases, and wow. um, they've—I guess—they're going to begin soon. Hmm. Um, the latest I know is BC could start to do phase one middle of May. Okay. Um, Dr. Bonnie Henry over here doesn't want to open it up too fast because she's worried there could be another wave coming. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't think. I don't think I'll be going back to the classroom. They yeah, have spoken the school about openings toast. of schools. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't think I will because my school already we're crowded. So I mean, I have class sizes of thirty kids, and my school is already going into an upgrade. So they're actually building onto my school. So we have twelve hundred students at my school, and they're building another piece of my school because we are so small. Mm-hmm. So. I teach in a portable, and they're removing the portables from my school. So my classroom is not even going to be there if we go back. So I don't know where they would end up putting us all. Um, maybe the school will be finished, the new build, by then, because there's no one around, so they're able to build faster. But for high school kids, I think they can manage staying online the way that it's going. But I think it's more of the little ones that they're struggling with. Right. I know here that there's, I was talking to a parent today with a fifth and a seventh grader or maybe an eighth grader. And those guys have online learning as well. Like their teachers are still checking. I know somebody with, we talked to somebody yesterday, their kid is in SK and has an online class thing going on. Yeah. Where the kindergarten teacher gets on the camera and says something. Um, But one, one thing that's interesting about the online learning is that it was a big bone of contention here in Ontario with teacher strikes. I don't know if you're at all familiar with what was going on. Yep, I know a bit of it, yeah. Um, 
they were basically trying to bring in mandatory e-learning for yeah. for high school students. And the, and one of one teacher I spoke with said that you know a huge challenge to that is kids in low economic situations where they they don't have the technology, they don't have the space, they don't have mm-hmm. um, you know a laptop, an iPad, whatever to participate and. Yeah. They didn't. It just wasn't a tenable option, and now, ironically, it's the only option. Yeah. Um. So I was I was kind of wondering, like, what are the results you see as a as a teacher who is putting lessons online? And I've known you've done this for a while, um, yeah. because you also have an Instagram account that's math teaching. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I do. Um. And. I'm curious to know, like, your perspective on how students learn and engage online and then where you see them struggling to succeed online or, like, what are the common hiccups you might find with high school students? This is interesting because I I just completed my master's and my thesis I wrote about was um, (laughs) technology and how it supports and engages students' learning. Whoa. So I just wrote my thesis on that and it was more about my support with Instagram and how it supported and it engaged students with their learning. And I interviewed a group of my students who I taught in the past and they felt from my results of my research was that Instagram and the way that I have viewed math in a different way from showing it on Instagram has supported and made their mindset towards math a lot more positive. Wow. So for the majority of my students, I can speak and say from my research that technology has helped them and has supported them mm-hmm. in their learning. That's awesome. And that that was already including my classroom that I had online with my videos. And it was more about visually seeing math everywhere and not knowing that it's just number crunching. It's more about where is math in the world? And that's where my Instagram came from. And so I know that it's going to support their learning. And yeah, there's some students that it might not reach a hundred percent. And I know my district is sending out Chromebooks and any type of technology to those students who need it. So if there's students who are in need of technology, that was the first thing we hit the first week back of spring break was we made sure we nailed down those students who needed the technology because some of these kids have siblings in their houses and they all need to get online to learn and now they only have one computer yeah or or you got parents working from home yeah as well right yeah that's another yeah so there's there's a lot of things like that going on and I've adapted a lot of the lessons for those students so parents have responded to emails saying I've got four kids I'm working from home he's not always going to be able to get on the computer well this is how I can assess him and this is how I can adapt it for him because it's just going to be different for everyone how do your assessments work do they submit things online and like is it just more complicated a little bit because you can't really be there watching and being like, no, they're not cheating. But I'm doing um, assessments in a way of assignments. Um, can't really run a final exam anymore, but they can do final projects for me. Physics would be fun because I can get them to do a lot of labs at home anyways. And they were already doing that for me where they would videotape on their phone the lab that they were doing in class. And they would submit their video of them doing the lab. So 
my physics classes are already used to that and taking videos of themselves doing something. My math is my math classes. My high school math classes are doing um, assignments for me, and then they're submitting them online, and then I can mark them online. Mm-hmm. Um, any form of seeing that learning is happening is learning to me. So if they are going online and trying to figure out how to do this question, to me, they're still learning. So they're still going and trying to figure out how to solve a math question, or they're talking to their friends about it. How do we do this question? That's still learning to me. That's some sort of communication, because in BC, we have a new curriculum where they're trying to be social responsibility, communication. All those things are the new curriculum developments that they're doing. So even if they're submitting something to me that's them being responsible for their learning and that's like what i think is key what what are some of the social responsibility aspects of that um they're gonna have to (laughs) well i one of the main things right now is that students are just checking in with me so i think that they have to um be socially aware and responsible of checking in to, so I know that they're doing something. And then I have like forms on my Google Classroom that they can fill out just to check in. They can send me an email. They're being more responsible as an adult by doing this now. So I think it's really good for the high school kids. Like this is a whole change in our community and they're learning to adapt themselves by communicating with me in a different way. Hmm. Do they use email? Because I got a group of high school kids that I work with here, and they are not yeah. good at checking email. <laughs> <laughs> Mine, yeah, I use email, but I also message them on Google Classroom, and then I have my Instagram as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> so I find I it I find it exhausting of, to keep that many uh, yeah. balls in the air. On like, yeah, yeah, I, I, that's my struggle because I have Instagram. Uh, what's the other one? You have Google Classroom. No, I don't have that. Yeah, email. And those are, those are Instagram and email, but even that's just like duplication is just exhausting. Yeah. And then I have a Google form. So if they're not checking in on the classroom or if they're not emailing me, they might be filling out the Google form Hmm. or at least they're submitting some sort of assignment. Those are all different ways of checking in. Hmm. Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) Have you had time for doing things that you normally wouldn't do from being home so much? This is a good question. I should have more time like that, but <laughs> you're just um, using we, it to train. <laughs> I'm using it to keep my training up. Um, planted a garden. Whoa. That's awesome. Never, I never planted a garden. So we'll see if any of those things come up. We're lucky here in BC. There's no snow. It's beautiful. It was like 18 degrees last weekend. Whoa. I got a bird. <laughs> oh. We had nice weather so, for like two weeks, a week and a half ago, and then all of a sudden snow started coming. We have had like three snowfalls in a week. I thought it was snowing, but it was just some petals coming off of our tree. <laughs> that's that's cute. <laughs> Did you plant flowers or vegetables? No, we planted vegetables. Nice. Yeah, and some strawberries. Hey, I have, a, I have a question for you about the island. Um, speaking of food and growing your own food, what's up with um, – so being that you're on an island and not an enormous island, you depend on transportation of your goods to, to get there. Everybody does, but it's a little bit different in that you can't just drive further to get to the store. You have to get on a ferry on public transportation. So what's up with ferries right now from Swasin or from 
uh, Vancouver to get to you? Oh, there's not many. <laughs> there's not many sailings happening. They've even stopped some of the ferry boats from running in certain areas. Yeah. They've laid off some employees from BC Ferries. Uh, I think the schedule from coming from Vancouver to here, there's only two ferries that come now in a day. Wow. And what down yeah. from what? Um, every odd hour they were sailing. Okay. Hmm. And during during the high season, sometimes they were sailing almost every hour. So 10 sailings a day to two. Wow. wow. And then that's yeah. probably just transporting goods now, right? Or are they still putting, can you still go on with yeah, your that's, car? That's what they're saying. Essential service is only the ones that are supposed to be using the ferry. Wow. Is there any, um, like, fear about shortages of goods because of that? Or is, does it seem like everything, you still have food on the shelves at the grocery store, or you still have what you need? For the first for the first week, we went through the same thing, the toilet paper. Yeah, <laughs> toilet paper. I think it was across the world like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, and that first week, it seemed like there was a lot of empty shelves, but it's been normal. After a week, it was back to normal. And I walked in, I was like, oh, it's like COVID-19 didn't happen. <laughs> Everything's back. Yeah. And even toilet paper. Um, yeah, but on the ferries, there's even services that they don't even offer anymore. So there was the food services is all shut down and um you can sit in your car and just not have to leave your vehicle. Whereas some decks you were expected to get out of your car. Yeah. So, yeah. But from what we can see from in our community and the different parts of the island, that the grocery stores all stopped. I'm fine. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, what about yours? Is there is yours empty? Your grocery stores? Uh-oh. No. No, we're pretty good. Um, Some shelves are empty quickly, but, you know, like flour, yeast, soup cans, I, toilet paper. Oh, yeah, the flour and the yeast here, too. Yeah, that went out for a while. Everyone was baking. I Like, Tina's done the last two grocery shops, so I, I'm probably up for the next one. It's going to be a doozy. Um, we're going very infrequently to the grocery store. And yeah, I was going to ask, how often do you go? Well, I think we're almost... We've been over three weeks. We're over three weeks since our last one. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember going, I guess, six weeks ago, and there was no citrus fruits in the grocery store. And I also noticed, like, toilet paper is really low, but it was mm-hmm. citrus fruits and toilet paper. That's what was out. You just do a big shop, and then you hope that that lasts you for three weeks? Yeah, we do it. We do a pretty big shop. Like, we were, we were doing, yeah. like, 80 bucks... Every time we'd go to the grocery store, and then the last time was yeah. like two hundred and eighty dollars or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But we're spending less on groceries as well because we're not doing any top-up trips in between. Right. Yeah. Like when you just run in for one thing and, and you, you leave, leave with four the, and yeah and a, and a Haagen Dazs yeah. ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Always the ice cream. Can't even, can't even because you have to wait in line. Do you have to wait in line? I think so. I haven't been since they've been limiting. Yeah. I haven't been since you've had to line up outside, but I think you do now. I think we have five more days. Maybe even more. I think we have that Ooh. much more time of gross, of food in the house. Probably, but... Just keep digging we're, in the freezer. Yeah. Well, the freezer's almost empty, but I yep. think 
Once we run out of milk and cheese yeah. and eggs, then it'll get dire. We're like on our last oh. bag of milk. We still have a bunch of eggs and cheese. I can make bread. I can try making. Yeah. I'm trying to make sourdough. I'm on my fourth attempt at a starter. But this yeah. one's looking really good. So maybe I'm going to probably have to make yeast bread in between because I'm not going to be able to wait 14 days for sourdough. But I've heard lots of people making sourdough and it takes time because you have to make, is it the mother before? Yeah, exactly. Like the day before and then let it sit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you have to keep yeah. feeding it for like yeah. two weeks and yeah. But yeah. We waited outside a grocery store and it was Costco for an hour to get in. Whoa. So what are they doing? They're keeping you, you have to stand outside on an X or something? It's a, they've taken apart some of the parking lot. Oh, okay. And they have it all blocked off with their long grocery carts as well. And um, so it's almost like a Disneyland lineup, except for it's really, really spread out. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And do they take take your temperature before you go in or anything? They don't do that yet here, but I heard that that's going to start happening. Yep. Really? Yeah. Wow. And checking, uh, sometimes they check it, check your throat, like they'll make you say, ah. Hmm. I mean, that's going to get the yeah. people who are carrying the virus, but if you're asymptomatic, you're, you won't have a fever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the tricky part. Do you wear masks when you go out and gloves? No. Uh uh-uh. uh. Not yet. How many, like, how, how big is your community that you live in? 31,000. Okay. It's not big. Like, what's Souk? What's, uh. Souk is 13,000. Okay. About that. But then we're pretty close to the Western communities. It's the Western communities. I think it's, it's larger than Souk. Okay. How many, how many cases around you? I think we're in our county, so it's like Windsor, Essex. I think we're approaching, I think it's 525 the last I checked, either yesterday yeah. or today. Mm-hmm. And, and the number of deaths? 30-ish, mm. I think. There are a lot of seniors in this area, so yeah. it's spreading quickly. It's a high retirement area. Um, yeah. We we know we know people who have died from it, or we we know people whose family members have died from COVID, um, and we know a, like a guy in our community, a fairly prominent member of our community, is now recovering from it, but he's been in hospital for about a month. And the wow. the, the wild part about that is, so he's like seventy five years old, seventy four years yeah. old, something like that, and he went. They they put him into a coma, so they thought he had just like a flu or pneumonia, and then they put him into a coma to basically help him uh, breathe, like so that he could yeah. breathe and live. And then they they put him under paralysis, so they made his body paralyzed so that it wasn't straining so much. Wow. He was on a ventilator, and then so he was in a coma for three weeks, and came out wow. of it, um, and he had no idea like why he why people couldn't visit him why his wife wasn't there why his kids weren't there um he didn't know what was going on because he didn't know that covid was a thing was happening like so he he was remember did you guys do the l bump the elbow bump thing yeah 
like remember like that remember that stage of covid where it was like yeah you can all hang out just bump elbows and then it was like no nobody yeah. can be near anybody ever again so yeah. he got it he got it in the l bump phase of covid and oh. that's all that that's the last thing he remembers kind of thing is like he went into the hospital and now nobody can go anywhere and schools are closed and churches closed and everything's closed and having to catch somebody up with all of that of like, Oh, you've been out for three weeks and the entire world is different. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. So we're just following that through like his wife and his, um, uh, his sister are sending out messages through our like church email and just communicating with us that way. But that's been really interesting to watch that development. And it's pretty scary. Like we did, we, we really, really thought he was going to die. His heart stopped like three times because um, COVID also attacks your heart uh-huh. if you are infected with it. And it was, it was pretty bleak there for a little bit. But now it's he's turned around pretty good. And did you say he's out of the hospital now? He, he's not out of the hospital. Today he walked for the first time in... A while so he he walked about eight feet and had to stop so he's pretty weak from being in a bed for a month and not being able to breathe right and not being able to breathe on his own and so he's having to relearn some stuff and i don't know i don't know what his discharge schedule looks like but he's there for a bit longer yeah yeah both both my grandparents are um in separate homes um, so my grandpa is in a facility, so we were no longer allowed to go visit or anything. Both their facilities went into lockdown just because it does affect older people a lot harder, right? Yeah. And, and today we actually did a virtual um, meeting with my family and my, both my grandparents because it's their 60th anniversary, wedding anniversary today. So we all went on to a Zoom meeting and the nurses at both the facilities went on to their phones and they had the Zoom meeting going so we could say happy anniversary to my grandparents. That's awesome. Aww. Yeah. 60 years, that's a good anniversary. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> um, they moved the the latest announcement about nursing homes here was that that's now the front lines of the COVID fight is nursing homes because there's a lot yeah. in Ontario with outbreaks. What's, have you heard anything about that that's situation? The, main, the, the majority of the deaths came from the nursing homes in Vancouver. Wow. So there was an outbreak there and it, yeah. So unfortunately that's where the big, the numbers came from for our deaths. That's how it, the, all the deaths began in the nursing homes. Wow. Yeah. So how do you feel like the response is so far from the citizens and from the government? Like, do you think we're doing the right stuff here? Well, it's flattening the curve. Yeah, the curve's flat. (laughs) So I believe, like, if, if whatever we're doing is benefiting everyone from staying healthy, then I would say yes. Yeah. Especially, like, it looks like BC is doing good compared to a lot of places. So, and I always listen to people when they tell me something's going to work for me. <laughs> so, it's, I, I think it's working. And I would say that they're making the right decisions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think there's, I don't know, I there's mixed messages now 
because they're like in the states, people are starting to. Get, they surrounded the the Capitol building in Michigan, with, like people with guns, saying, Ooh. "Like lift the restrictions, open up again." What? Yeah, craziness. That's nuts. And it's it's tough for those small businesses because it's unfortunate because a lot of businesses are getting hit by this, right? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. losing out on a lot of stuff and. Because it's like that's tough, but in the long run, this is really gonna help everyone, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. It's yeah. gonna be like a year. It's gonna be another year, a bit, yeah. a year and a half, or a year or two years to like be past this. So it's yeah. We 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 were reading a I guess a blog post or something, an article. I don't know what you call this. This guy is a events management writer. He writes for the event management industry and he broke down sort of all of the government recommendations and all of the things that you need to consider as an event manager in terms of distancing and sanitation and insurance and all this kind of stuff. And he sort of implied that like nothing is really going to be even in like June 2021 it's still there's still a moderate risk for any kind of gathering over 50 people mm-hmm. so you think of like all of the things that happen where there's more than 50 people involved and he was the events that he was talking about were a little bit obscure for for me like one was he was talking about how facebook has uh announced that they'll no longer be holding meetings of over 50 people until 2021 summer of 2021 or something so you know, that's a Facebook meeting. Like, that's a lot of people in a business meeting. I've never been in a meeting yeah. like that. But, you know, anything that's a conference, a concert, mm-hmm. um, you know, a, going to school is more than 50 people, going to the mall, yeah. any kind of gathering over 50, and they're saying maybe not until June 2021, and even then there's still a risk. And as long as that risk, the question is, like, at what risk are we willing to accept as uh, citizens, but also as the leadership who's going to have to, you know, willingly lift restrictions and advise people on how to go about their business. Um, you know, how much risk can we, can we allow for? So I'm not going to fight till 2021. Keep training. You could just fight her in the street. Just say you and me, flagpole. <laughs> this is what I told my father-in-law. Just make the free tape and see me in the grave, and then I'll say I did it. Say that again? I bet you cut out there. <laughs> I said, that's what I told my father-in-law, too. Just make the fight happen somewhere, Yeah. and I'll just be able to fight someone, and then I'll, I'll have it done and over with. Yeah, just... You Small can, gathering, videotape it. You can have a private Small fight. Small gathering, yeah. Just do it virtually. <laughs> See, because if you if you get tested and she gets tested and neither of you have it, then just go fight. Right? Yeah. That's Why not? what it's going to come down to as well. I'll probably have to do a new medical for that. Yeah, like I want to know what's going to happen with that when testing will be more widespread so that it's not... Because I, w- I would like to know if... I've had it or have it and I'm asymptomatic yeah. and I'm now yeah. immune and unable to spread it. Mm-hmm. If, if that's yes. the case for me, then why, yeah. why should I or anybody else who is in the same boat be 
in social isolation, right? But then you then you start right. to like classify and and uh, uh, what's like what's that word like add stratification to society based on immunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, which well, gets really weird. Well, we were talking with somebody who mentioned in Wuhan. This was a couple of weeks ago, but they lifted their isolation ban after eleven weeks or something yeah. like that. And I think uh-huh. they had done more wide. Uh, spread testing of their citizens and they had like an app on their phone so if you had tested negative you got like a green square so if you were out in the street or you wanted to go into a store you could show your green square because they were also checking to see if people had like a yellow or a red square or whatever it is if it's not green you can be fined for being out of your house because that means that you are carrying the virus wow so it kind of breaks down to this like yeah. I don't, I don't know technically how yeah. that works, though. I don't know what how you get tested that quickly and how your phone seems to know. But Well, yeah. maybe they had some sort of way of testing people when they were in isolation. And then, I don't know, the technological world is different in China. Yeah. It's way They're ahead of us. Way they have ahead of 6G. Us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I have um, international students and they all got sent home as soon as Trudeau was like, everyone come home to Canada. Everyone leave Canada, right? <laughs> so all my students, I, I'm pretty sure my district, so originally they came out in the beginning of March. No international students can go home over spring break. And then they canceled. I was actually supposed to go to Greece with 25 grade 12 students. Whoa. So my trip got canceled as well. Oh, that no. sucks. And so they did all this fundraising and now those they can't even, you know, they're probably not even going to have prom or anything like that. So they canceled our trips, and then they told all the international students, don't go home. And then I think once spring break hit, there was just, like, the aspect of, holy crap, if these international students don't get home, they might not be able to get home if the flights all get shut down. So they sent them all home. So one of my students I was talking with, he's in China, and he um, was saying to me that when he flew home, he didn't see his family when he got to the airport. It was a bunch of doctors. So the doctors took them right from the airport to a hotel and they were isolated for two weeks in the hotel room. And this kid was all by himself, 16, 17 year old kid, hadn't seen his family yet, just traveled from Canada back to China. And the doctors would come into the hotel room and they would do um, temperature reading and they would take his blood every day. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. They would provide him food, he said. <laughs> but yeah, and then he got to go home after two weeks. Wow. And he does come on to my, my meetups, on my virtual meetups. And it's like one o'clock in the morning there. <laughs> and he comes to class. <laughs> Ask him if he wants to be on a podcast with some people in Ontario. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would love to hear his story. <laughs> He would practice his English. That was one thing he was saying to me. He calls me teacher. Teacher, uh, I'm worried that I'm going to lose my English because I'm back home and I'm not speaking as much English. So I just said, well, you'll just have to come to all my classes and we'll keep talking. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Practice your English. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. But I don't know when international travel will happen again. Mm -hmm. And that's the big thing because this fight card and I have not said it, West Coast Wonder Woman is an international fight card. So we were supposed to have girls from Australia flying in, a team from Australia to be on this fight card. You might us. fight ladies from Australia? It could be someone from Australia. Wow. Okay, look, if I were you, I would not so, fight someone from Australia. 
<laughs> They're probably training with a kangaroo. She's probably fighting a kangaroo right, right now. now. <laughs> you need to get a kangaroo. <laughs> yeah. Create a kangaroo somehow. <laughs> Well, I have seen that yeah. you've built some. I mean, you do have your hockey stick with a boxing glove on it. Yes, I've seen that. Yeah. But you've yeah. also got you made a um, oh, boxing. What's it called? A boxing buddy. Yeah, we call it. It's a spar bar. Oh, spar bar. <laughs> I, was to, I was trying to convince Kelby. I need this. I need this. This is how I'm going to be able to train. And I was looking on Amazon and all these other places, and prices have gone up crazy. Well, the spar bar is pretty rad. I've been I watch a few, follow a few boxers on Instagram, and the spar the spar yeah. bar is pretty awesome. I mean, mine's okay. <laughs> what <laughs> is it? What does it do? <laughs> you want to explain uh, it? it? Comes, it comes back at you, and then you learn how to block yourself, oh. and then you can punch it. So it also helps a bit with your reaction time. Huh? Yeah. <clears throat> I'll send you. I'll okay. send you some. Uh, I'll send you a boxer, a Russian boxer. I follow. He's yeah. he's totally nuts. Um, oh, you know what? I deleted Instagram today, so I I'll have to get it what? for you later. <laughs> you know what? I like to scroll it, and I had to I had to put an end to that because I'm trying to work oh, from so home. You, so you missed my workout today. Oh, what'd you do today? Hill sprints. I did, um, oh, you did the hill sprints. Yeah, I you did told us. hill sprints, but then I did the hero workout for Heidi. She's the RCMP officer from um, Nova Scotia hmm. who be from that incident. Um, so I did her workout today. It was 23 minutes, as many reps as you can, all these different things, and it was 23 reps of each thing. Okay. So I did that. Um, RCMP, like, I have a retired RCMP uncle, and then my sister and her brother-in-law are RCMP officers, so anything related to that, I find it's important and it hits home because anything, if anything were to happen to my sister or my brother-in-law or uncle, um, it's tragedy, so I, you know, do what I can. If it's just a workout at home, then that will do. Yeah. Yeah. I found a, a very large tractor tire in a creek. Oh, I'm jealous. And I dug it out in the middle of the night and brought it home. And There's one in our elementary school. I'm trying to convince someone to come help me pull it out. <laughs> Is it in the water? No, it's just sitting in front of the school, and they have, like, sand in it. So I think the little kids play with it. <laughs> <laughs> you wanna st- they're not going to use it this year anyway. <laughs> no, right? So I'm going to just roll it home, and then I'll take it back next year. <laughs> yeah. Um, I put... I put some holes in it and then put a rope with some washers through those holes and I I can use it to do deadlifts because I was at the gym a lot before this happened and I was doing mostly powerlifting type exercises and got really (laughs) got pretty good at it like I got from uh like lifting what did I do the other day four I did a 405 pound deadlift was my best one Mm -hmm. And it took like eight months to get there. I felt really good about it. And then just crash and burn with COVID. And COVID, yeah. for five, six weeks, you know, I maybe ran a few times, was doing some push-ups and stuff like that, but just yeah. struggle with motivation because I couldn't go to the gym. So I had to figure it out. I found a tire. So now we have made, a backyard gym. Now we got a backyard grimy gym. I put, I put the workout in chalk on the fence and then we just yeah. go. Did you try to buy any equipment online at all? No, I I find I I just no, it's expensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 
Um, I've looked at, we have like Use Victoria and then I have an app called Barrage Sale. And there's, it's like the community, everyone's selling something, right? Like yeah. a big garage sale. So I actually found a couple of things. So my battle ropes I got from a guy on off of there for 30 bucks. Whoa. So, and, and I was looking at Amazon and they're, you know, ranging from 800 or 80 to 200 bucks for battle rope. Yeah. And wasn't going to come till like June, July, right? So I was like, forget it. I just need a big rope. So I just came across it on the app and I messaged him and I'm like, was able to get that so it's a 30 foot rope and it's one and a half inches thick so at least it's something and it works hmm. yeah so like, we have things like that which is cool but lots of people are making some good money on equipment oh my gosh they are <laughs> selling fitness equipment like i wonder the battle rope thing it's as you just said 30 feet one and a half yeah. inches yeah so you could probably find some of that like at a shipyard or something, eh? Like you're going to steal a tire already. You might as well go. I was looking into this way before I found them. I was like, and I looked at some YouTubes on how to make battle ropes and you can just go to a fire hall and if they have an old hose, you could wind that up and there you go. Because the hose at the fire hall are huge and they're heavy. Uh The fire hall might have an old hose? They might have an old hose. Well, they they just give them away? You got to buy it or what? The guy on YouTube said he got it for free. Whoa. <laughs> I was going to start contacting my the fire departments here in the community. Do you guys have any old hoses? <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> old hose. <laughs> yeah, I got to fight an Australian. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> wow. And, but you don't know who you're supposed to fight, eh? Kelby told me that you don't know until two weeks out. Yeah, and now who knows? Yeah, crap. <laughs> like I said, I'm just going to keep going. Try to think about every possible outcome, every possible person that I could fight. They might have, you know, this much reach on me. How do I get in, be the inside fighter? How do I be the outside fighter if they're the same height as me? How can I be faster? Move my feet more. Lots of footwork training. Oh well, yeah, of head movement training. Mike Tyson was short for for yes, heavyweight. That's right. Yeah, I just read his book. His book. He's I got a, read this. He's got a book. I mean, the boxing the boxing stuff is in the first half of the book, and then the rest of it is basically he did a lot of cocaine and had sex with hundreds of women, <laughs> and then got clean. Uh, just yeah you don't need to read all of it but his the boxing stuff when he talks about his technique and his trainer customato uh training him and teaching him how to do how to move and stuff like that is very interesting um but i mean he's an amazing person and his story is tragic but uh he turned his life around quite a bit so very admirable guy at this point in his life but uh yeah you could maybe you're the next mike tyson I just need that face tattoo. You should get a face tattoo. Oh. That would help you. <laughs> no. What would you get a face that tattoo would, of? That would be very good for teaching, right? <laughs> if you had a Mike, if you had a Mike Tyson face tattoo and a gold tooth in the front, yeah, I think the kids would Done. listen. I just throw on my fight because it's on YouTube, right? And I just put that on at the beginning of my classes every semester. Uh huh. I just go, okay, watch this. <laughs> and then I have no problems with the kids. <laughs> Whoa. So it's become my new form of classroom management. 
Yeah, like, don't mess with me. <laughs> you could probably do though. Like, you're jacked. I'm just, I'm just gonna say that you're jacked, and you could probably do more push-ups than like any high school kid I know. Yeah, I've had a couple of the push-up competitions in my class. And do you smoke them? Yeah, and they go, what? what? You're on your knuckles. I'm like, die your knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> I do post some of the, um, some workouts. I don't, I have my personal and then I have my math nerd one, right? Yeah. I don't throw a lot on there. Um, but I have put a couple on there just to show a little bit of the jacked muscles. So it does still inspire. Like it instills a little bit of fear in them. You need that. And then they see me doing something cool with battle ropes and how it relates to math, and they dig it. Yeah. So even the cool kid came in one day, and he was like, Miss Pushka, I liked your workout and your Instagram story this morning and how it related to waves. I'm like, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, you know what? I'm glad to see you still training. And uh, it's been good talking to you about it. And whatever happens in June, you can still kick my ass. So, you know. I'll send you the link when it goes virtual. Please. Right? Yeah. Please do. Home. We'll yeah. have you back. Yeah. Can we have you back on after the fight? Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So I have to awesome. relive that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I miss you guys. I had I had hopes of uh, of getting back out there at some point kind of soon uh, to re- revisit yeah. and see you guys again. And we were hoping to come out there. No, you weren't. What are you going to do here? I don't know. <laughs> it's very flat. Tire now. <laughs> you can come flip a tire with me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, yeah, Angela, I mean, it was great talking to you. And we're thankful that, uh, that you're safe, that you're still training. And we're sure you're going to kick someone's ass at some point. Yep. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thanks for allowing this opportunity. It was great. Yeah. It's great. It's great. Yeah, it was great talking to you. Awesome. Thanks so much. Bye. 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 I believe that she is determined and motivated enough to keep training, which means she's going to be a kick-ass fighter when she does get to fight again. Yeah. Like her muscle memory, her endurance, everything, she's going to be like George St. Pierre level. (laughs) Like she should go fight GSP. Guys, thanks for being with us on The Great Indoors. It was great to have Angela here. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.